0: You are listening to an MLGA network podcast.
1: Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenge while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Good day, good evening, good. Morning, good, something, wherever you all are, all my Vixies in the hood, Um, hood or at home, really, because you're probably still stuck there based on uh, what state you're in. But we are joined, uh, well, obviously, this is Maddie of the Voluntary Vixens Podcast. Uh, If you don't know my voice by now, I'm sorry that you have to keep listening to it anyway. But uh, I'm joined, as usual, by Jesse, my lovely Vixen co-host. Hello, she's back from vacation guys and no she didn't die in florida um, from the coronavirus because yep yeah. Yeah, it's just not a hellhole okay um but anyway we she's back um and she's corona free and we are joined by our sister from out west somewhere i can't remember where but i we she's she floats in our circle and um She's part of this. I love this like spontaneous group of us that came together on Instagram. It's always been interesting to see who we came across, but this group that um, you may see us all uh, collaborated together under the like heading "Foraging for Freedom," all about it. And so along those veins, we have from Instagram, Wishabish Wood. <laughs> hey i'm i'm from oregon yeah there, it's like, that's it okay good <laughs> Somewhere in
2: between you know washington and california like on this little stretch but i'm i'm here we're just we're chilling out in oregon <laughs> definitely
1: <laughs> well so um oregon uh so how far are you from all the crazy action that's happening or is it you know really another situation where What we see on TV is not actually reality. It is. It's definitely not. I'm
2: about three and a half hours away south. So I'm like in Redneckistan down here in southern (laughs) Oregon. But you see what's going on in Portland. I have friends in Portland. I have friends in like Vancouver. And we're like watching what's going on. And they say like Portland's being overrun, Portland's being like inundated by Antifa, like BLM, when it's like literally maybe three square blocks Mm. and there's glass. There's like no windows are getting busted out. There's graffiti freaking everywhere because all the windows are boarded up. But the majority of it isn't that bad. Like I've had to go through Portland twice in the past like month and a half zero problems with it. Like we didn't have any fears of like driving on the freeway and getting blocked or anything like that. Um so it's I think it's being overblown except for the the part of the um federal officials coming in and just kind of overstepping their bounds. And, and um, they do <laughs> they do that best. Yeah. Right? Like, oh we can we can expect the federal government to just kind of like not play by the rules and then it's just been overblown. Like once they got removed, you just see all of these vigils come in and it's just got a lot more peaceful now that they're not pushing the envelope on it. Like they're not dictating the violence level. So once they kind of backed off and Oregon state police kind of came in and like took over, um, everything just kind of chilled the hell out, like a thousand percent. It was just like remarkable. It's like, well, who would have thought, you know, you're not an asshole to people that they'll calm down, right? Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know, basic, uh, human nature, one one um, don't be an asshole to person to somebody and they're likely not going to be an asshole to you. I will say there's plenty of assholes on both sides though. Um, yeah. Yeah. and so it is just a tough time to be, I wouldn't want to be in a city. I, I wouldn't want to be in a city normally. Like I've lived in a city before. um, And I'm very, very happy that I live in a more rural part of my state right now. Um, yeah. You know, I did the city living. I, I did it when I was living in Chile, got that out of my system. And yeah, I'm You uh, like, I, the fact that you're sitting under like this nice pergola right now, I, I see vines growing. I'm sure everything around you is like green and growing and wonderful. And it's like, people lose touch of nature and the natural world and how they're connected to it how they can um, take part in it when they're packed into these concrete jungles, when it's just like, they're surrounded by glass and asphalt and assholes. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) you know, I'm sure it doesn't take much to sort of lose sight of things that matter. Yeah.
2: Like we've got a nice little piece of property here and we actually live in a town of like 24,000 people. Um, I live in an unincorporated area just outside of this, but I actually, our property is only like about half of an acre and we're actually in an HOA. So all of the stuff that I'm doing is literally just in my backyard. It is a very small piece of property, but it's like intensively planted so mm-hmm. I have to make the most of what space that I do have. So it's definitely a unique
1: environment <laughs> for sure. That's even cooler because like I want to get it into that in further detail um, because like that's the reason I had I wanted to bring you on because clearly like, I was just seeing post after post and picture after picture of you just actually being like so domestically industrious <laughs> and just, you know. I was just, I'm so, um, I wish I could do that. And I guess I could, and I just haven't. And, and I'm sure, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and you didn't just start doing this yesterday or, you know, Corona didn't probably make you start doing this, like this sort of thing that you've been able to do. And, you know, I'll let you explain what you do. Um, you know, this isn't just something you started. You're
2: exactly (laughs) right. This did not happen like overnight. we, We've been here at this piece of property, this house for, I think, six or seven years now. And, you know, I've got two boys. I've got a 13 and a 14-year-old boy. Both of them are autistic. So we wanted a place that was going to be safe and, like, secure for them. And then I really started getting into the quote-unquote um, Prepper movement, Mm -hmm. and then it just it snowballed into like what can I do on my own piece of property? What can I do on my own land? Because by nature I'm cheap as hell. I would rather grow it myself with a Mm -hmm. little bit of labor than go out and buy it. So what can I do with what I have currently? And then it just it just kind of snowballed into okay, I'm gonna garden, and then I got into like meat rabbits. And then they got into showing rabbits, which got into like, like meat production. And then I got ducks and it just went into eggs. and It, just, it really just kind of like cascaded. But this is definitely a, a, a tiered thing. Like it happened over years and like mm-hmm. planting, putting something, something in the ground and just watching it go and just learning about it. Like that's the first step is just don't overthink it. Just put it in some dirt, water it. <laughs> and see what happens like make mistakes that's how you literally get started i've made so many mistakes but i've you know you come out of it a little bit better each time you do it
1: honestly that right there is such good advice in and of itself like (laughs) put it in some dirt and see what happens you know maybe it didn't go so well for um chaz and their you know communal farm um (laughs) but i'm sure they learned stuff from that experience too um and they're
2: hard that was
1: <laughs> that was hard to watch it was like oh honey no 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 <laughs> <laughs> you can't just like dump out a potted plants or the yeah soil <laughs> on the on the like city like city commons um yeah but you know uh it's a step in the right direction um food independence i guess they realized you know if we're gonna set up our own autonomous zone and um, cut off the, you know, the rest of the world, Uh, not financially. They definitely wanted that federal funding or state funding, city funding, but um, you know, know, food. And so food is Mm -hmm. gonna be a limiting factor, obviously. Well, maybe
0: not having your autonomous zone in the middle of a city filled with concrete. That's probably not a lasting plan. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yes, yeah.
2: people really do underestimate the amount of land that it needs to like to support one person. Um, And if people look, took a really hard look at the food that they eat in a week, in a month, in a year, you would realize, man, we eat a lot of damn food and it takes a bit of space, especially if you start throwing in like meat, which I'm a meat eater. Mm -hmm. I have no problem admitting that, but, as far as like the food that you would need to grow for yourself for just one person in a year is ridiculous. It is so much They and they wanted to support this big entire community with maybe like a, what a two, three acre park, which was entirely unfeasible. It, there was no way like people might get some
1: salads maybe, maybe. but that was about it. <laughs> like a person getting a salad. Yes. You know, and, um, that's uh, communism, um you know, because just the only the most important person with the greatest need is going to get that one salad that was able to be produced in the Chaz communal garden. but mm-hmm. yeah, so, um, and maybe this is uh tape taking it a couple steps back. And so I know we already touched on, you know, the fact that what you're doing at your home um has taken years for you to get to but um so maybe even like before the prepper movement um one of my favorite questions to anybody ever um especially in like the liberty circles is what's your origin story how'd you fall down this rabbit hole
2: oh boy like
1: first it was like you
2: know i was there was a full on subscriber to like the duopoly there's like republican Mm -hmm. and there's democrat and i was like okay well i'm I found myself, I'm like, I'm a little bit of both. So what do you do? I was like, well, I, I guess I'll just go for the one I identify more with, which was on the Republican side, because my biggest thing was I like guns. I like firearms. I've always been involved in firearms and shooting sports. I was like, okay, I, I guess that's more important to me. And I kind of got introduced into being an independent. I was like, this fits, but it doesn't really fit you know mm-hmm. and i just started looking into the different political parties like the civic green the green party and then i came across the the libertarian party and that was great that was like the introduction into like my political background <laughs> but mm-hmm. it still didn't quite fit because i was like no they're still telling people what to do and i don't <laughs> think that's okay <laughs> like that's bullshit and then i got into the whole like anarchism, anarcho-capitalism, then back to monarchism. So there's like three basics that are just kind of like what I'm mulling around in. Mm -hmm. But that's how it happened. I was like, this doesn't fit me. These ideologies, they want you to be like a cookie cutter. And I am not a cookie cutter. I have like some things. I'm very um, liberal minded, like socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. And I'm like, you can't, I can't fit. In either one. So what what do you do? And there was no viable option that was ever presented until I started digging into it. And I was like, oh, wait, I I think I might have found some people like like might have might have just like developed it and found it out and said, hey, there is another option besides the two party duopoly that, you know, can better represent people. And I think if people really looked into it, they would find that they align more with that. They're more in the middle than on either side of the extreme.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, well, I think that, um, I think both parties have done a really good job of putting their information out and indoctrinating us enough (laughs) to think that if we don't vote for one or the other, then, you know, our, if you, you know, you're just giving away, you're giving the other side the win or you're giving away your freedoms. And then, um, if you vote third party, you're just throwing away your vote or you're giving the vote to Hillary yes. or Trump or whatever. So you know, it's but I do think of everybody I've ever talked to, it's like they want they say, I want to I'd really like to vote third party. But I just am scared if I do that Hillary will win or Trump will win or in this case it will be uh, Biden might win and, or Trump or Yeezy, you know. We don't know.
2: Yeah. So, they want to vote for the winner. They don't want to vote for the best yes. person. They just want to vote for someone who's going to win. And they can be like, I was on the winning team.
1: Yay.
0: And I'm better and than I, you.
1: Because they still that. don't
0: win anything. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we do. we, we win, win war. Win. Yay, more <laughs> and war. And more our civil liberties <laughs> taken away. <laughs> Yay. More taxes. <laughs> yeah. More
1: taxes. And because even if, you know, you might be... um we might be in an instance where the president does something that um, helps lower taxes. Um, Okay. Well, we're still probably getting inflated out the wazoo. So either way, no matter what, like if you're still allowing the federal reserve to exist, (laughs) we're getting robbed. So we're getting blasted in the ass by both parties and it's just, you know, pick a policy. (laughs) It's ramming us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just, It's just sad. It really just comes down to, like, especially after this pandemic thing has happened, I'm realizing how very little principle people actually have.
1: Not yet. Mostly none.
0: They don't hold on to their principles at all. And I don't even think, you know, that people even really know maybe what their principles are. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I don't think they've been confronted with,
2: like, hard enough choices to actually define like where is my line in the sand like because it's comfortable like everyone's comfortable right now like I, I say comfortable in the meaning like most people have like the basic necessities we're not like in mm-hmm. Beirut right now like they're comfortable mm-hmm. in having no like say no input they're like oh I'll just make someone someone else can make the choices for me because I don't want to do work I don't want to do some research and form my own opinions and question myself. So
0: yeah, well, we live in a society right now where if you raise up any question to what the mainstream is telling you, you are going to get nailed hard. And uh, like I was just looking at, I I thought that I had deleted myself off of all my nursing groups on Facebook, but Uh apparently I didn't and something popped up and it was nurses are going to be replaced by robots pretty soon because they just don't treat us with respect and they think that we can just keep working. And, we're, and one person's reply <laughs> to that was like, I'm fine with that because I'm ready to throw in my hat. I hate this profession. <laughs> and I was like feeling, I was like, I feel exactly the way he does because, I mean, we're at we're at a point now where um, especially with, I, I made the point with nurses. I was like, nurses, now we just... If we speak up and we try to ask questions, or we or we don't follow the the narrative at all, we will be attacked. Not by just our superiors, but by our fellow nurses. We will have people calling our jobs, trying to get us fired. They will call the nurse board and try to get our license taken away. I have seen yeah. it all. Nurses and have been.
2: Become- like a concierge and a customer service when they're not made to be that. And it's, yes. yeah.
0: And we, and right now we work 12 hour shifts, most of us. And so, I mean, by the time you're done with a shift, you are dead to the world. Like you can't find, like you're not available to your family at all until you get yeah. a, a good night's sleep. So um, I can only imagine like, you know, some of the nurses that have been working in the hospital, I'm lucky that I don't work in the hospital anymore But, yeah, it's one of those things where, and I know nursing is not the only one. Like, I have a really good friend who actually is a public school teacher. She thinks all all this stuff is BS. Like, all these teachers are complaining about having to go back to work. And she's like, well, what about all the people that worked at the grocery stores through this pandemic? What about all the people that were working in the supply chain that were trying to get the supplies to the grocery stores? All these people were in contact with thousands of people every day, and they never complained about having to do their job, but we have nurses who sat at home comfortably and now they're have now they called to go back to work when the worst is over and they're bitching and moaning about it. And if she says anything, she'll get in tons of trouble for it just because she's a public school teacher.
2: Yeah. Like, we've made the decision, well, I made the decision early on before our state got put into lockdown, it was sometime in, I think, April. Um, I said, if, if we have one case in our county, then I'm going to pull them. Because at that point, it was like wildly spreading. And we were just like, okay, we have one case in our county, I'm pulling the, the boys. We ended up pulling them. And three weeks later, they locked the schools down. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, both being special needs. They don't listen to directions. <laughs> yeah. They have like sensory issues. So going into this next school year, I was like, you know what? I was going to go back into the workforce, take care of like some stuff. But I think I'm honestly just going to do a mixture of like unschooling and homeschooling. I'm just going to get rid of the whole public school doctrine. They don't need to learn the, the whitewashed bullshit American history. Like Christopher Columbus is king. But like, no. He was a slave owner and he was an asshole. This is what we're going to learn. We're going to learn correct stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, more power to you. And I think, um, I, you know, I can only speak for myself Who and I don't even have kids and so I can't even relate. But it's like now is the probably the best time because especially like everybody was, was doing it. All all spring and maybe like miserably, but you know, I think now is the time to realize that you can't depend on the state or any other like mm-hmm. unaccountable entity to educate your kids or um or yeah. or do what they're literally supposed to do. Um, which in the for a lot of parents, in a lot of cases, it's literally just like glorified babysitting. Um, but so it is. you know. And I've worked in schools, the school system, and I had to get out because it was like a cesspool sinking ship. And it was depressing, like more depressing every day I was there. But anyway, and yeah, now's the time, though, like, and so, you know, and and again, it comes back to you are, um, you're gonna make the best decision for your family and for your children. Nobody Mm -hmm. else, whether they're the administrator, whether they're the state governor, whether they're city council, whether they're the president of the United States, it's it shouldn't be up to really anybody else. And the fact that you can do the whole um, homeschooling and unschooling, like I think, you know, your boys are about to be in for probably the most informative and, um, you know, just (laughs) rich with knowledge and stuff that actually matters in the world uh information that you're going to be able to give them that they're obviously not getting in school i mean there's the only good thing i
2: think coming out of this is that locally we're seeing what they're calling schooling co-ops where you've got four or five families and they just kind of rotate and they're like hey i'm really knowledgeable in this area i'm really knowledgeable in this area and they just kind of rotate and Mm -hmm. they do like family outings. And I think that is probably going to be a game changer. Like it is so awesome yeah. to see these families just coming together and educating a group of kids as like a little small community. I mean, I'm just blown away and amazed. They're like, let's teach bread baking. Let's teach gardening. Let's teach these skills, like life yeah, skills yeah. beyond, you know, the three R's and just getting into it. And I'm like, yes, Queens go do it.
0: Yes, we're not kids. Bake the bread. <laughs> Bacon. That's Bacon. Like, that is so important. Yes, I think that's one of the things I wish that I had learned in school was um, just through basic things like I, I took a home ec class and I didn't realize like it was important until I became a parent. And well, before mm-hmm. even that, because I worked in a group home and we were basically like when this is before group, they kind of shut group homes down, but. We were basically like the parents to these kids that were like developmentally delayed and had a bunch of other diagnoses. So, you know, we had to take turns making the meals, giving baths, you know, doing laundry. And that that really was like something that I was kind of glad I had the home ec before that because it set me up for that. And then I'm glad I had that because it set me up for being a parent, which is something you that really schools don't teach you like real life things and there's a lot of stuff that we learn that we never use so Ever. you know i just don't get it like
1: and then you know then, it really is like i didn't i didn't think or see it this way and you know we'll, we'll actually next week we're talking to another one of our friends who i believe she has been homeschooling now or like you know her kids are very young but she was a teacher and so now she's not doing that and um You know, but just focusing on her family, and so we'll we'll hear a lot of her experience and everything. But um, what was I gonna say?
0: (laughs) Jesse saved me. I don't know. Uh, We were learning. We were. We basically learned a bunch of crap that we didn't really use in life in
1: high school <laughs> oh yes yeah, so I'm sure I know, I'm glad I, I read well, the Iliad you know?
0: uh, which I didn't read because
1: <laughs> I've probably said it before like if it was assigned reading it means I didn't read it um <laughs> as, uh, as, as, I, oh, I, I love reading like I am a book nerd like I could spend an, a whole weekend reading a book but if you assigned it to me if it was forced upon me not reading it not doing it and you know i was a pretty decent student not a great student because again like it was one of those things where if you forced me to do something i didn't really like to do it but thankfully kind of just paid enough attention but also didn't pay enough attention not get fully indoctrinated but um so i I didn't see it like this back then but school really is a prison (laughs) and um you know this has been in a lot of ways, the liberation from that prison and in a lot of other ways, like you were saying, you know, in forms of education, we're going to see a lot of new um, alternatives and very like grassroots, like community based family level, like neighborhood mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that's going to be great um, because it furthers our um, involvement with each other you know it reminds us that you know we are we do all you know have to come together and help each other sometimes and um you know figure out the best way to do things who's the best at what and um you know just working together so that one person doesn't have to do everything but um you know it's i don't want to use the word fair but it kind of works itself out with the division of labor (gasps) human action it's beautiful and um but so i think like I'm going to be interested. Are you going to like, since with your knowledge base and I, maybe this is where we can go into it further. Like, are you going to be teaching any of these? Um, like, like what are you going to kind of, um, what's kind of on your agenda to teach your kids based on like your, I want to say like homesteading, um, skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: it's a lot of like science based, just because a lot of the stuff I do is science, um, like natural life cycles, um, lots of soil biology that is super uber important. And then we get into a little bit more of the chemistry when we talk about fertilizers and plant needs, like potassium inhibits calcium intake. If you have too much and it gets into the whole molecular science aspect of it. And then we get into like, when we go to bake bread about, um, you know, the yeast is rising because it's eating the sugars and it's off gassing and that creates the bubbles and the gluten of the bread. So there's lots of science, lots of hands on, but we also read a lot of books. Um, One's big into dinosaurs. One's actually super big into like um, physics and computer games and programming, which I honestly know nothing about. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, go go buddy. Good -hmm. job. So, A lot of the stuff that I'll be teaching here is plant based about how to grow your own food, um, where you need to start, even if it's just at a base level, like give a kid like a gallon jug, poke some holes in it, and then just leave the top on the gallon jug. And I'm like, you have a mini greenhouse, you can grow whatever you want in here. So they, they get more of a connection when they grow their own food. If they see that bean plant grow up, Mm -hmm. they're more likely to eat it than if you give them just this green bean and they're like, oh, gross, disgusting. That's true. But if you take them out into the garden and you say, here's a mint plant, taste it. I want you to crush it between your fingers. What does it smell like? What does it feel like? Then just touch it to your tongue. What does it taste like? Here's a tarragon. Here's a cat mint. Here's all these different herbs that they get to smell and crush and taste. It just, it kind of sparks a natural curiosity in them that they're like okay maybe I wouldn't have been comfortable doing this before Mm -hmm. but since I grew this that maybe this is okay I can explore I can think outside the box I can take chances and it just gets them to question kind of what they already have like preconceived in their mind other than just like I like you know goldfish crackers and I like gummy treats like (laughs) I've got one he'll mow down a mint plant like I have to take it away and there's like strawberry mints pineapple mints lemon mints i mean he sees the mint and he's just like in my mouth please and i'm like you have to leave some for everybody
1: else so please stop grazing on the foliage <laughs> i feel like that's another important lesson too there's just so much i guess that it could be learned in the garden and um you know i know schools are trying to and I, maybe not even all schools but like you know i'm montgomery county school trying to make uh gardens great again and it's like (laughs) all right way too late in the game um you botched you botched this and you made kids hate it when it's something that like really could be enjoyable and i mean i am a nerd i was a nerd little kid like i loved nature and i think most most kids probably do you know if you let them experience it um and yeah I think um yeah the I you're gonna have to keep us posted
0: um just because yeah I'm just kinda really like exciting listening. yeah right I, like Jesse you taking growing, notes growing things yeah when <laughs> I mean, no. my husband and I first started dating he bought me um he bought me like a little I think it was like a an evergreen tree like in a little potted plant and he was like you can't kill these things so like because I told him I, I will kill a plant if you give it to me he's like well you can't kill one of these I mean just they don't need that much water just put it on the porch it will be fine and then like you know a month or so later he comes out there and that thing is dried out and it's dead and it's just awful and I'm like see that's what happens and I was working like well I think part of that is because I was working night shift Yeah. (laughs) So I just really was like, I come home and just die. So, um, you know, that might've been part of it, but I just never grew up with like a, which is weird because most of my family, like my mom and my grandfather were, are huge gardeners. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just never really cared about plants. I mean, I was always, I liked animals and that was, that was my only thing. So, yeah, now I'm starting to realize I really probably should have, like, just hung out with my my grandfather when I was little a little bit more when he was out in the garden instead of watching cartoons. So (laughs) any suggestions for, like, I guess, like, one of the things I would be interested in doing is growing things that I can use as medicine, you know? Okay. So any do you have any suggestions on like how to even get started or like what would be a good thing to start out with since for someone who's basically challenged in that area?
2: (laughs) There's luckily a lot of the herbs that are just like basic um, herbs are what we call perennial like you plant them once and they're going to come back year after year after year. And you're not going to have to do a lot with them. Um, Some of the easiest ones that I like to grow are things like oregano, um, chives, the mince plants, um, rosemary, Mm -hmm. lavender, dill. Pretty much all of the sages Mm -hmm. are going to be great. And all of these have like medicinal qualities. Not only can you use them in your culinary, but they also do really well for like other things like mint's really great for a cough. Um, lemon mm. balm, which is also a mint, great for a cough. Oregano has like superb, like antiviral properties. Mm-hmm. I use yeah. it in a a product called um, fire cider, where I have macerated ginger, turmeric. Um, it's soaked in apple cider vinegar. I just shove it with garlic. I shove it with oregano and I just let it steep in my cabinet for like six months. And okay. for the little kids, you cut it with honey, but mm-hmm. it it will knock the crap out of almost everything because it's such a viral antiviral load. Like your body just goes, Whoa, what the hell is this? It's, it's amazing. So awesome. look at some of those. And like, um, some other medicinals are just like, I love comfrey like Comfrey's my girl because it comes back. It's super big. Like you just chop it up. If you get sprains or strains, like you get a bruise or cut you can just marinate it with some plantain soak it in some olive oil and then you just strain it off and mix it with beeswax to the consistency that you want if you want it like a cream use less if you want it like a like lip balm use more it's just it's a powerhouse of an herb like there are so many good basic ones and a mm-hmm. lot of these don't need land to go into you can grow them in a container you can grow them in a 2 gallon 1 gallon pot and they're going to be happy as long as you water them. <laughs> you got to water yeah. <laughs> them a little bit, just a little bit. But there's there's other types of, of like watering systems that you can use, like a um, a wine bottle turned upside down and just shoved in there. This long term, um, if you're really remiss in watering, you could do it like a wicking system where you have a pot within a pot and it's just some like cordage going to the bottom and it just wicks that moisture up Mm -hmm. so you you just water it once and it will just keep doing it and a lot of these herbs they'll die if you don't don't water them but they'll come right back like they're very very hardy as long as you don't kill the root Mm. you're good to go like oregano I've killed my oregano up front like four times now and I think it's it's still going good it's still green and (laughs) it's just because it's in the front yard. I don't go out there very often. I'm always in the back, but oregano is good. Like just get into like a different sort of watering system, something that works for you. If you're not home a lot, or if you're super busy, make it as easy as possible. Like look into like self-watering systems or like drippers, like make it easy. It's, it's way easier if it's like fun and it's Mm -hmm. fun if it's easy. So you don't have to think about
1: it. Definitely and um that's a good point jesse i think and you know the one time i was somewhat successful with growing things was just a collection of herbs because you know we were able to go to the farmer's market and we got all our produce that we wanted um still went to the grocery store and got the meat we wanted but you know there's kind of no point when you go to the grocery store and you buy that extra like there's no good size of it but you want fresh herbs you buy that pack of it and then It goes bad before you can use it all. It's yeah. just, you know, so, you know, having those fresh herbs, it's like, you know, you pick and pick and take what you need as you go. Yeah. And like you said, they were pretty resistant until I think I did really like kill them and neglect them. But,
2: but, yeah. and um, those herbs, you can make an herb butter, just get your like ice cube tray ooh. and get some butter. Okay. You're going to just melt your butter down. You're going to make sure that it doesn't separate. So it's going to be like really low and slow heat. Toss your herbs in there, mix Ooh. them around, dump them back in the ice cube tray, then freeze them and then pop them into like a Ziploc bag and keep them in your freezer. They're going to keep so much longer, like, and then you, you want to toss one in with like some noodles or something. Just take the little ice cube out, Yum. put it in some noodles. It's going to preserve it for way longer than if you just keep it like fresh.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that so makes fun. sense too. Yeah. And um, so, all right. So like, say you really like nail the herbs and then you want to start kind of um, adding more that would actually be in your salad, be on your um, dinner plate. What would be the next, (laughs) like, simplest and uh, most worthwhile collection of uh, plants? Oh, boy. If you're like really on
2: limited space, I would probably get like a, a shallow white tub. Just mm-hmm. ceramic or whatever you have that's going to look pretty. And stick four, like, lettuce in there because you can harvest your outer leaves of your lettuce until they they just get too hot and they bolt. Like, I had so much lettuce off just five little plants in my 24-inch little thing. Like, I had no other lettuce in the yard except for this little bit. Easily, easily, like, seven or eight-gallon bags before it finally went bust like wow wow. like super super easy to do um what kind of lettuce
0: was this like romaine or
2: it was um i had a red bib lettuce and then Mm -hmm. i had another one called a butterhead
1: yeah oh i love those yeah that's a good one yeah
2: yeah you just harvest outside leaves and just keep going and it will just keep popping them out like harvest it until it's there's, like, five or six leaves left that looks, like, poor and a little pathetic, and it's just going to be like, okay, I need to make more leaves, and then it's just going to go gangbuster, and then you just ever, ever salad bowl, just keep harvesting
1: it. That sounds good, because uh, I've honestly been intimidated by growing lettuce just because for some reason, like, because, the you know, delicate-looking leaves, I feel like I'm going to mess this up, but, you know, sounds like it's uh, it's pretty forgiving. It's pretty forgiving, especially if you do it in a container where, like,
2: the slugs and the snails Mm -hmm. and the pincher bugs are going to eat it. (sighs) Like, put it up and, yeah, you don't want to, like, bite into one of those. Uh They're so gross.
1: Uh, I I really don't like (laughs) bugs. I love nature, but, you know, bugs, (laughs) I really don't like bugs. I don't either. The bugs, the
2: slugs and the snails have been way better, but the unfortunate part is... The ducks eat the slugs, they eat the snails, but they fucking love lettuce, too. So I have to Ah, keep lettuce up. Ducks love lettuce. Ducks love lettuce. So put it in a pot. Put lots of things in pots. Put it someplace where you're going to be at in the yard a lot, because Mm -hmm. I do zone watering or I do zone care where if I know I'm not going to be down in the southeast part of my yard, I'm not going to plant anything there. But if I have it on my deck or I have it on my porch, I have it somewhere that I'm going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to put my high frequency, like high visited crops, like the the onions and the the, the herbs and the lettuces and stuff. That's where I want my high frequency mm-hmm. stuff. Like I'm just going to like, hey, I need to go get some chives for the baked potato or something. I can just go out to the porch and just grab it. I don't have to hike 50 million miles down mm-hmm. to the bottom of the yard to go grab it do you grow your own potatoes I haven't yet I haven't they require a lot of space yeah and I'm like I can buy potatoes from the farmer's market
1: for and they're they're pretty cheap cheap. yeah yeah that's true yeah so again you know it's I guess um finding a balance and you know what works for you what works for your family's budget um and then what works with like how much land you have and I guess um Yeah, just kind of customizing it. And again, it just makes me think about, you know, how important and wonderful the division of labor is and, you know, the free, uh, having a free market and having, you know, these voluntary interactions where you're able to go and see what somebody else grew and um, they're willing to grow in surplus and it might be for an evil profit, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, (laughs) it's in order so that they can buy stuff from you, maybe that, um, you know, they don't grow or they don't make, but, um, you know, that's really like how it all works. It is like we grow
2: rabbit meat and then we have ducks and we have eggs. Um, but rabbit is a big thing that we grow. And a lot of people, especially a certain generation Mm -hmm. really, really grew up on rabbit, like backyard rabbit. That was like the, the era of the victory garden, it was like you had chickens and you had backyard rabbits and they, they get a little bit nostalgic. I would say about 70 to 80% of all my customers that buy rabbit from me are of the older generation and they, they love it. They just can't get enough of it. And I'm like, Hey, do you have anything to trade? And they're like, it kind of t- takes them aback because they're like, I haven't traded for anything in a while, but they kind of remember they're like, Oh yeah, I've got blacksmithing stuff, or I've got this, or I've got this, and so it's like, mm-hmm. cool. I have extra rabbit, you have extra this. Let's just take cash out of the equation and just make this a good old-fashioned like counter-economic thing. Let's just do some trading. They're like, yeah, I love this.
1: this is yeah, no, and like that's about as rebellious as it can, and then maybe not as rebellious as, but it's a rebellious act to take out that middleman, the government, <laughs> and just you know trade need for need you know excess for excess and um make it work for both of you that's awesome um uh speaking of our friend the government um do they have to um like are they all up in your rabbit business or like because i where i live like you know only certain parts of town you can have chickens and then it's just very it's still pretty regulated um despite being a more rural area here and um yeah but so yeah what, what's the state gotta say about rabbits state doesn't
2: say anything um yeah we Good. can actually pro- <laughs> we can process an x x amount of like dollars before mm-hmm. we have to quote unquote claim it mm-hmm. um what my current barrier is the hoa mm. um I'm rogue rabbiting like they're outside of the view of the fence. They're in an enclosed barn and I am super, super, super lucky to have two really good neighbors to the left of me behind me is um, a Mennonite couple. And then to the right is a guy who is like anti, anti HOA. Like he, he hates them. He's not gonna do anything. So as far as like rabbit regulations go um we're okay for our county to like process them and raise Mm -hmm. them so it's not a it's not a big deal it's not a barrier at all um that's good but if you're looking for like backyard meat i would totally recommend rabbits because one female rabbit can produce over 100 pounds of good meat just by herself in one year so really and they're quiet bunny berries or bunny gold like there's so many pluses to them that everyone should have like a pair of rabbits or trio at least and then just learn the process of them I mean it's like a sweet finer grain chicken like I would highly recommend
1: wow I honestly don't know if I've ever had rabbit I don't know how much or you know what that tells you about me but um I feel like you know I'm at a point where I'm more and more curious about this stuff as the world gets crazier and crazier and weirder, more restrictive rules keep coming from the top. It's like I'd rather yeah. I'd rather figure stuff out and um, know that I could feed myself and or, you know, feed myself and work with my community to feed myself, maybe um, based on what they might be able to do Yeah, um, with the whole regulations of like you buy a farmer. Like a farm
2: factory chicken, and it's been doused in chlorine. Yeah. Ugh. God, God knows what. Like we have our pets starting to get like this chicken allergy, and it's less the chicken, but the more the corn and the byproduct that they're getting fed. It's like mm. literally what you feed them, you're eating too. So if you're gonna eat meat, eat the cleanest meat that you can. Less steps, just it's better for you. It's better for the health of. So like everybody, the environment, less carbon, less tax, less all that good stuff. Um,
1: so, eat good meat. That's <laughs> so if you're eat gonna good eat, meat. eat good meat. Yeah, and grow it yourself if you can. Yeah, and
2: just growing for your your own personal usage is it's a lot easier than people. I think I think it's just this fear of failure, maybe, or like. A lot of it could be they don't have the finances to get started. Mm -hmm. They think it takes like this big, huge investment. Mm -hmm. And it's a little tiny investment to start, but it's going to yield dividends, not only in food, but knowledge. If you can get the knowledge base down, you're going to file that away for later. And it's going to pay so much in the future. I, I really do. I think with this whole COVID thing that people just started buying seeds like you could not buy seeds at a store they were just sold out seed companies online out everybody's out i had to wait six months for my new wheat grinder because people were like i'm gonna be a baker now you couldn't find flour you couldn't find wheat berries everyone just started going back to they were reverting back to like natural skills so hopefully they keep with it i would like to see them to keep up with it because i think it's going to benefit everybody if everyone just kind of like takes a little bit more responsibility for it and just
1: give it a try just try it that's all i have to say just give it a try it's give it a try um yeah no definitely think that that could be a positive um and i really hope it's something that people keep um keep that they've gained during this mostly awful time. Yeah. And, um, you know, those are the positives and just, again, maybe it's some, it's like that responsibility and it's very scary. I know to have to accept more responsibility, but you know, it's better for you to have your hand on it than depend on somebody else for it. Like, you know, you're not going to have to worry about, um, getting in a bread line. You know, um, yes. and other countries or just parts parts of this country, even that you know people had to show up and get handed food because they aren't able to buy their own. They weren't able to grow their own for whatever reason. They're in a situation that has made them dependent on others for food, and like at a time where it's in just high demand. Because you know, who doesn't? Who yeah. isn't in need sometimes? But um, it's like. I don't know, i I read We the Living. you know, I know what happened in you know mao's Mao's China. I know what happened in the Soviet Union, and I think that is one of the scariest things imaginable. And it's so far so far out of most people's purview, so far away from most people's reality. And you know that is a first a first world problem. Um, yeah, yeah, we take it totally for granted that we could
2: just go down to the grocery store grab those, you know, loaves of bread, that bag of rice, some beans. Like we have access to um, like oranges in the middle of December. And like we have such an access to this food that we totally take for granted, like seasonal eating. Um, avocados. Avocados. Yeah. I never understood the, the cultural significance of like in – christmas we would get um we would get um oranges in our stockings and Uh i never understood why until my grandma explained in iowa you know like back in the 50s and 30s she's like you only got oranges in the middle of winter because that's when they were ready in florida and i was like are you serious it was just like a light bulb moment like you never had (laughs) oranges year round you had to wait it was like unfathomable to me that these oranges were not available like in March. And she's like, no, we had to wait. Mm -hmm. And so it was like kind of like set that little like wheel in motion about seasonal eating. And then like not being, not taking our grocery store for granted that we could go down and buy the products that we need. Literally like we could buy a week's worth of groceries and that's all we have in our
1: house not recommended by the way, please stock up. Like, (laughs) yeah, actually. So, um, that reminds me, I think I saw you posting pictures, um, or sharing pictures that you also, um, do canning and like food preservation. I do. Yeah. So I think that's like another important, like other end of like growing, you happen to maybe grow extra and let's not waste that. And, there's gonna be times where you're absolutely gonna need that stuff that you grew um, and were able to save. Can you touch yes. on that for me? I, yeah, I I believe in like redundancy.
2: So my canning, I do. I also do a lot of dehydrating, like so 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 much of dehydrating, and then I get into like um, smoking meats, mm-hmm. um, salting meats, um, some little duck prosciutto, rabbit prosciutto. Mm. Um, just home preservation. So if there is an excess that I get, I'm able to preserve it for now until I need it later because I want to be able to enjoy it year round. Um, if you've never had a salted duck yolk egg, it's so good. It's you shred it and it's mm. like, Oh, like a salad. It tastes like a umami Parmesan. It's so Ooh. good. Um, so multiple different preservation methods but canning is by far probably my biggest that i do um just because in a situation where maybe you don't have access to water or you don't have access to refrigeration Mm -hmm. you can open that can of beans and already has water and liquid in it so that's less stuff that you have to take from your stores uh yeah so food preservation is a big part of it because you have to have a way to preserve this like 50 60 70 pounds of tomatoes and it's all at once it's just like a tomato flood you have to preserve it somehow so having a a method to preserve it is definitely definitely key and sometimes you can do it sometimes you can't sometimes some of it goes bad but having multiple layers of Mm -hmm. it helps affect your harvest a little bit so backups and backups and backups
1: (laughs) yeah and then, if there is an excess, then you know might be um a good time to trade with somebody else
2: exactly. Like mm-hmm. having extras always always nice because like maybe I have extra tomatoes, but my bean crop went to shit. like <laughs> we love dilly beans. We love pickled beans, give me some green beans for some tomatoes. So being able to trade is definitely a plus. but getting it going is it's a little bit of work, but you know it it pays off it pays off in
1: the end even if you have a little tiny little bit of space it really does yeah no that's amazing and um hearing and knowing what all you do but that you really don't have like uh an overwhelming amount of space you know it's something that is fairly attainable um definitely very cool and inspiring um hmm well, you know, I think I might actually be able to get out and plant something this weekend. You um, can <laughs> do it. Yeah, what, I, I've got guys seeds. Know what, um, do you know what zones you're in? Uh, it's something that I've looked up and couldn't tell you right now what zone I'm in. I'm in Maryland. I don't know if you happen to know zones or like um, if that makes sense for something.
2: Five-ish, I want to say you can look up USDA zone and okay. then your zip code, mm-hmm. and it will tell you where where your like um planting stuff is, where your first frost date and last frost date. And that just means like some plants are like fragile. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mm-hmm. put them out before that date. Um, another really great resource would be your local extension office. So If you have like a community college or like a university, you can look up your state plus extension office. Hmm. And they should have like a crap ton of like agricultural links and stuff that's tailored directly for your specific area. Um, They'll Mm -hmm. have like planting guides. Specific like, tomatoes and green beans and, like, lettuces and stuff that is really good for you to grow in your area because what might be good for you in Maryland is not going to be good for me in Oregon. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. Some yep. Some great resources there.
1: Any other, like, general uh, really good resources that either were monumental in how you started or just something that you found along the way that you think everybody should know of um
2: yeah if you're interested in like seed saving or heirloom seeds um baker creek seed they have a ton of online guides like for saving seeds so let's let's say you have like one bean seed you plant it in the ground and you get like 15 beans off of it you can save that one plant and you can yield all those seeds back so you can get a return on investment which is like 130 like you plant one seed you can get 30 back so you will never Mm -hmm. have to buy that seed again if you keep seed saving so seed savers exchange baker creek seed um, pine tree gardens if you're up in your canada richter seed has a lot of great medicinals and they have like a mini guidebook to go along about how you can use those as well, um, for the medicinal people. Anything from Rosemary Gladstar is probably going to be really on point. Like she has some amazing, amazing herbal books that are just super simple tinctures, mm-hmm. super simple creams, like yeah. a lot of really good basic stuff that is very good for like a layperson to get into. Like highly recommended.
1: Highly, highly recommend. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Very cool. All right. Well, um, is there anything else you want to share with us? Share with the listeners. Um, and at at the very least, like where they can find you and um follow you and all your fun adventures. Yeah, just hit me up on Instagram. Like, if you don't know me and you're not like a follower or you're
2: not a subscriber or whatever, I don't care hit me up with questions I love talking plants I love talking Mm -hmm. gardening permaculture like seriously just wish a underscore just hit me up and I will answer like anything you want to know like be prepared it it'll be like a floodgate because this is my jam (laughs) this is like my thing it's my hobby you will get inundated (laughs) with all the info
0: I love it (laughs) um Jesse you got anything else no, I just think that um, you know I'm just kind of listening because I really am not an expert on any of this stuff. So I, I'm kind of ready to get started though on growing some uh, some medicinal things because that's really kind of what I'm interested in right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Get some some sage going, maybe some dill, lemon, lavender. Yes
1: all the good stuff lavender is
0: life (laughs) Uh, i love dill like that's my favorite and um that'll probably be definitely on there and basil and then of course oregano
1: yeah
2: yeah dill is great for your garden because it attracts like a bazillion like predatory insects that will just go out and kill all the bad insects so it is so good and itself self-seed you plant one dill and you let it go to seed like one little seed head go to seed you're gonna have dill popping up literally all over your yard so if you like pickles definitely dill but dill is Ooh, such a beneficial mm-hmm. plant as well so yeah. lots of double duty stuff
1: and it okay. smells so good i'm definitely getting some dill out there yeah oh, yes. all right well um on that note uh I hope that everybody listening will go go follow our new friend. Um, Wishabishwood on Instagram is the underscore before or after? It's after. Okay, Wishabishwood yeah. underscore, which is you know, if you don't know what underscore is, it's that line underneath that like it represents a blank space. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I know you yes. can. Um, you can
2: probably find me via the um, the hashtag can't eat lead because literally all my posts are through that hashtag and it's oh, a little yeah. bit easier to find since we had to change Instagram names because of the, you know, the, the bugs looking. So I had to change.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's a topic for another time. But, um, <laughs> when you, when I, I, like that actually brought up a question that I always wonder when I see your posts, hashtag can't eat lead. Like I imagine that means lead bullets or what yeah, do you mean? It's like, we talk a lot
2: about, like, in the community that you need to prep bullets, you need to train, you need to have firearms, you need to do this. And I'm the of the mind, like, that is great, but we also need <laughs> gardeners. Yeah. We need support services. We mm-hmm. need people to eat. And so it's like, you can prep all the bullets that you want, but you can't eat
0: lead. Yeah, good point. Yep. Yeah. That's
1: pretty, that's science. <laughs> that's science for you. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what I was thinking, but that makes sense. And I'm um, hearing it and, you know, having our audience hear that and think about that, everybody, also, I think yeah. it's a good thing. Um, so, again, everybody, please go follow our friend. And, um, you know, we'll be checking in with her, I think, because I'd love to see how her upcoming Um, educational experience goes and I feel like you know the more we share this information with each other and others in the community and then you know people who might not necessarily be in the community but might end up being in the in the in the same place of need that we all are because you know these are all basic human needs you know we all need to eat we all need to you know teach our and raise our children you know it's one of those things where it's really cross- Cross politics. It's it's beyond and above politics. Like politics are stupid. Leave that shit at the door and let's put our fingers in some dirt and grow stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, rebellion. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, we're growing the rebellion, and you know, again, it's always you know what we like to stress and emphasize in a very a peaceful way. Like here, we are trying to cooperate with each other. Like we're trying to just. Live our lives, be healthy, support our neighbors, uh, support our own families, and just you know, want to be left alone by the government um, that would do yep. something um, violent to end any of that. <sighs> but that's you know preaching to the choir. So, <laughs> um, Jesse, where can everybody find us?
0: All right. Well, um, basically, you just this find you. us on Instagram. <laughs> That's probably Instagram and Facebook is um, voluntary Vixens and parlor, by the way. And then uh, we are also on Twitter at Vixens voluntary. And if you want to donate to us, you think what we say sounds great and you want to throw us a couple dollars, you can always do that at our um, Patreon, which is Vixens underscore voluntary. And
1: Amen. That's it. All right, everybody. Um, we'll catch you next time um we'll see you on the instagram share us share this episode share our others um share wishabish and (laughs) in the meantime uh we'll see you next time but in the meantime keep it sane keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary and taxation is theft (laughs) it is